Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. My name's Jim. Thank you for joining me today. If you would like to help keep Baby Boomer Tales commercial free, you can visit patreon.com slash babyboomertales. That is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com. You can also find a link on our webpage, babyboomertales.com. The title of today's episode is Working for the Town. I speak of this quite often, but we live clear out in the country, about three and a half miles from the nearest town, and three miles of that is a dirt road to get there. I've always said that once I hit the dirt road, I start to relax, and the stress of the day and the stress of life seems to take a back seat, and I can relax, but that's not entirely true. Our roads can become full of potholes, washboards, windrows of dirt right in the middle of the road that the county leaves there. The county maintains our roads in our county very poorly, and it's a big point of contention with me. Whenever my wife and I are riding together, I always point out all the ways that these guys don't maintain the roads correctly and how I'd do it if I was in charge. And it takes me back and it takes me back and it takes me back in time to when I was about 22 years old. When I was 22 years old, I was running a motor grader maintaining dirt roads for the city that I was raised in. I could run that motor grader like nobody's business. And it's a lot of work because there's about 10, 12 little knobs you have to totally be adjusting for your blade and your wheels and, and all this stuff. It's all happening at once. And it's a lot of work and you really have to know what you're doing. And I did it pretty well. I do believe I did it pretty well. A lot better than these boys the county I live in now. When I hired on, my boss was a man named Bud. Bud ran the whole town as far as maintenance of the streets, the parks, the water system. He even worked for the sewer district. Took care of the airport runway and all that around there. Bud was a very valuable person for the city. So I became his apprentice. Probably the most important thing Bud ever taught me, and he taught me a whole lot, was he taught me how to drink coffee. If you know construction people very well, you know that they like to take coffee breaks. The town I was raised in, there are a bunch of people, both business people and blue-collar people, that congregated at the local restaurants there. Well, I had never drank coffee in my life. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there with a bunch of guys two or three times a day, shooting the breeze and drinking coffee. So the way I first started is I'd pour all kinds of milk and scoop all kinds of sugar into that sucker. So they'd fill my cup about half full, and I'd fill it the rest of the way with milk and sugar. Today, I like to drink my coffee black. I don't like to go to those places that have lattes and whatever they give you. The only time I ever put anything in coffee is maybe Christmas morning. I'll put a little creamer in my coffee because my daughter's there and we have that flavored creamer. You know, French vanilla or Irish coffee or mint madness, whatever they call it. So I'll try a cup or two there. 
Besides that, it's black all the way, but it taught me how to drink coffee. He also taught me how to run a front-end loader, a motor grader, how to plow snow, how to keep the sewer plant running correctly. He taught me so much. He's a wealth of knowledge, very smart man, very talented at what he did. And I think I caught on pretty well for a 22-year-old man-child who's probably more child than man by far. But that job was my first step into settling down and becoming a part of society instead of being some crazy, I don't even know how to explain it. I guess kid is a good word for it, some crazy kid. In the winter, in the little town I grew up in, that stood 8,000 feet above sea level, I would have to wake up at 4 o'clock every morning, go look out the window, and if it was snowing, I would have to get on my clothes, my boots, and go and start the snow plow up and start plowing the streets. So needless to say, I'd say a little prayer every night when I went to bed, please don't snow, please God, don't let it snow. I'd go to the barn where the snow plow was parked. I'd get in and I would plow snow every road, everywhere. Now Bud is already out. He always beat me out. And he'd run the maintainer or the motor grader. And he'd get things like the post office parking lot and I believe the school parking lot and all these places. Plus he'd get Main Street and I would get all the back streets and just everywhere. Well, Bud would windrow the snow into the middle of Main Street, right down the middle. And after we were done plowing, I would get in the front end loader and I'd pick up that snow out of Main Street and go and dump it over an embankment somewhere. So it was an all-day job if it snowed that night. I wouldn't be done till 2 or 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon picking up the snow, even though I started at 4 a.m., or that's when I woke up and started moving anyway. Winters, everything's frozen, so a lot of things go by the wayside, so you have time to do the snow. If it was 40 or 50 below and hadn't been snowing, it doesn't snow when it's that cold. I would sit in a little shack and I'd redraw maps of water lines and sewer lines so we could always know where things were. That was before computers and I had to draw it with pencil and paper and ruler and whatever. Once summer came, I was in charge of the parks in town. There was basically one park with some ball fields and things back in those days. It was a nice big park and uh, one of my jobs was to clean the bathroom. I don't know if you ever paid much attention when you go into a public bathroom, but I've always figured they are not the nicest of places. So I'd take a garden hose, and I'd stand in there, and I would just wash her out with a garden hose, not touch anything, let her dry. I did that first thing in the morning, so by the time people came around the park, everything had dried out. I figured that was good enough for that park bathroom. It was shaky at best as it was. So I think that was a good enough job. One time I was supposed to get some oil and oil the park benches. That was in the days when they made those park picnic tables and benches out of wood. And so I went down to the hardware store and I got a five-gallon bucket of linseed oil. Linseed oil, everything, everywhere, every picnic table, every park bench. About three days later, Bud asked me, why are these things so sticky? They should be dried. Long story short, 
And this is for your information in case you ever need to oil anything. When you buy linseed oil, buy the boiled and not the raw. The raw will never ever just soak into the wood. And those park benches and picnic tables were sticky for years. I worked at the sewer plant and what I remember about the sewer plant the most, two things. One is you'd have to walk around this big circular concrete bunker that had the sewer and they took that sewer down in three different stages. They'd go to these circular pools of, of water and by the time the water went back into the river it was clean but it used to prove it to anybody that would watch them or listen to them or question them or anything. He'd take a glass of it and drink it right there. The same stuff that was going into the river. And I thought, my goodness, I don't care how clean he says it is. I know where that's been. I would never do that. But Bud did it. And it was clean water. There's no doubt about it. One of my jobs was I had a water truck. And I would do various things with the water truck. I could fill that water truck up and take it out to the mayor's business. He His business was a little bit out of town. He had no running water, so that was one of the perks he received as we supplied him with water. The only paved road in town was Main Street. And before we got a street sweeper, I would wash that street down with a big old fire hose with water truck attached to it wash everything into the gutters, then take the loader and a flat shovel and go pick up all the debris and stuff. It was a big job. It was a once-a-year job and not something you did all the time. One time I was filling up that water truck, and the way you filled it up is you parked next to a fire hydrant, hooked a fire hose up to the hydrant and the other end up to the truck, and turned the hydrant on, and it filled the truck in a while, 10 minutes maybe. Maybe a little more. And I was standing on top of the truck watching it fill up with the lid open there. And along comes this cute girl and we started talking. I was trying to pay attention to my water and yet pay attention to her. And all of a sudden I heard a crackling and I looked right up. I was standing eight, nine feet above the ground the top of that truck and I was standing on top of it. I looked up and there was lightning crackling right above me. It couldn't have been 15 feet away. It was actually, I could see it, and it was, and I could hear it crackling. Freaked me out a little. I jumped down off that truck, turned the water off, got out of town without even saying goodbye to the girl. Don't want to get on too much closer to lightning than that. It was a fun job, and I worked there a couple years. I thought it was pretty cool being able to drive up and down by the airport checking out the lights at night, taking care of the parks after hours so you could play frisbee all you wanted, pulling alongside the road when one of your buddies is trying to get around the motor grader and everybody honks and waves at you. Had a lot of freedom and really liked the job a lot. Bud and I did have some tensions between us. My dad was on the city council during the time I worked there. And I think that put some pressure on Bud. I don't think it was from my dad so much. Bud probably put it on himself, but that's okay. I understand that. I understand how that could happen to a guy. Bud was trying to make a living, and here's this kid that really didn't need to make a living, trying to find his way in the world, and settled down right under his watch. 
And make no mistake of it, as good as I was at what I did, I was more kid than I was man still. And it really didn't matter to me one way or the other half the time. I mean, I made it to work and all that stuff. But I was 22 and Bud was, you know, mid-40s maybe, maybe 40. Had a family and all that stuff. And shoot, I didn't even have a place of my own. One day I started taking care of this buddy's dog. He was going to go on a trip for a month or something. And so I said I'd watch it. And it was a white German Shepherd. And the dog was pretty high strung. I remember that. And if you'd surprise it, it'd kind of come at you. Never bit anybody, but it'd get right in your face and freak you out. Didn't freak me out. I mean, I'd been around dogs my whole life, and this dog and I were understood each other pretty well. Well, I started bringing her to work for, I think the reason why is I had no place to keep her otherwise, so I brought her to work. Got out of my truck one day, and Bud was getting out of his truck, and his son was with him. And that dog got out and met Bud's son, turned in a corner, startled the dog, and of course the dog got very aggressive, freaked Bud out. Didn't really freak me out. I didn't think the dog would bite the boy or anything. But we had some words, some angry words. Of course, I defended the dog like an idiot. Well, Bud said he was going to be at the city council meeting that night, and it was either him or me. And I thought, what in the world? What has come to this? So I went to the city council meeting, and Bud presented his case. What he said was true. And then they turned and they asked me, Jim, we need your side of the story now. And I looked at those guys. There was Jerry and Bob and Jay. My dad wasn't there. There's a couple other guys. I looked at Bud, and all I could think is, this guy's trying to make a living, and I don't really care. And if it has to be him or me, it has to be him that stays and not me. If that's the way it is, that's the way it is. I can get a job anywhere. So I took out my keys. You know, you have a 100 keys when you work a job like that because everything has a lock. And put my keys on that big, long desk that all those guys were sitting at. I looked old Jerry right in the eyes, the mayor, and I walked out. Never said a word. I think everyone was dumbfounded. I think they thought there was going to be a big fight. And there could have been if I wanted to fight. Once in a while, I surprised myself by doing the correct thing. I could have done just a little bit better that night and apologized. I was sought out by a couple of the town board members later and asked why I handled that like that. And I never explained it to them the way I'm explaining that to you today. You don't want to make anybody stumble if you can help it. You don't want to be unkind if you're aware of it. If someone's down, you want to lift them up. And if someone's up, you don't want to knock them down. I've thought of that from time to time. And I think about it every time I hit a pothole or there's a windrow in front of my driveway or I see that motor grader and the guy's just kind of sitting in it sleeping. It takes me right back there to when I was 22 and working with Bud. If he'd have been charged, these roads here been perfect. There's no doubt about it. Never forget to be kind. I'll be back next Wednesday.